Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Rocky Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. We have a jam-packed show for you today. We, this is our midweek interview show that we're trying to do every week for you guys to give you guys content and lead up to the season. Trying so we, to do? We are doing it, Ted. This is two weeks in a row. We're now this is now this is now a thing that we do. This, this is, is routine. This is now a trend. The yes. the, the, the Thursday midweek show. So yes. we are we you are welcome. We have a jam-packed show. We've got Felipe Martins, a defender, defensive midfielder that you know and now love uh, of DC United. And but first, we sat down with Pablo Bayona, the editor in chief of Club Eleven Magazine, which is a great online magazine. If you're not following them on Instagram, I don't know what you're doing. Make sure you do that. Uh, but we we sat down with him earlier this week to talk about an interview he did with Judah Cooks, former DC United player and DC United sort of club uh, administrative legend. So I hope you enjoy that. Yeah, uh, Judah Cooks is like a he is like he is on the level of Branko Boscovich of like players we remember fondly. They're maybe not club legends, but we certainly remember them fondly. He is an administrative legend, and we'll get into we'll get into the ways in which he made an impact off the field much more than he made an impact on the field. Administrative legend is probably a good way to put it, too. So yeah. I'm um, sure he'd love that, too. I don't know if he's listening to this. But <laughs> I don't think he's ever been called an administrative legend before, but you're going to get to hear that now. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, we have a special guest uh, uh, joining us here for this second segment of the show. Uh, Pablo Bayona from Club 11 Magazine, editor-in-chief of Club, Club 11 Magazine. Thanks for joining us. Hey, yeah, no, my pleasure. My pleasure being here. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, I think if, I, I would imagine if you're following us, uh, there's a there's a good chance that you're also following them. I think there's a big crossover on our listenership, but tell 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 the listeners about your project and how long it's been going and, and just a little bit sort of about what you what your mission is. Yeah, so I mean, the main mission behind Club 11 is telling the untold stories of soccer here in North America. And uh, the project Club 11 basically started with me and my brother who go to the University of Maryland. And that was back when we were freshmen, so in 2018. And he was really into photography and I was really into writing. And then when Audie Field opened up and Rooney came, uh, my brother just, just thought, hey, I'm, I'm gonna try and get into a game and see if I, can, if I can go shoot DC United. So he went, he applied, he got in. And that's when I started writing first about DC United and my brother would take the pictures. And that's kind of how the page uh, got started. Uh, from there, we got in contact with people in Philadelphia, and then they would be doing that up there. Then we people in New York, then Atlanta, Orlando, Los Angeles. And then before the, pan- before the pandemic hit, uh, we were in around 10 different cities uh, doing game coverage. But also as well, we were trying to do these profile interviews with players and people who were involved with soccer here in North America. So fans, creators, and, and basically anyone who, who was contributing to the game. And, you know, back then we were doing interviews once a month and now we've been trying to do them weekly. So that's, that's great. Was it, was it your goal always to be uh, nationwide or was that sort of after the success you had sort of in DC and maybe locally, you're like, Oh, wait a second. This has legs. I should die. I, we can we can merchandise this. We can be everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think it just happened naturally. Uh, there were uh, there were people that were reaching out, you know, kind of looking at the work that we were doing here in DC, and you know, just being in contact with them. They were they wanted to contribute to the page, and then that's kind of how we all got together. And it just went from there. Just Philadelphia, New York, and then people just getting in touch with each other, and that's kind of how we started growing. And you know, now we have over twenty people 
contribute to the page, which, which has been great to see. Yeah, we're, we're here to talk about words, and we'll get to that in a second. But I do want to compliment yeah. the visual style of the magazine, of the of the Instagram account, of the articles. It really stands out. It looks super professional. It looks like really high end, better than, you know, I think that that's, that's the gap. There's, there's a lot of soccer blogs. There's lots of like, you know, networks. I, I used to write for one a million years ago where there's like 3000 writers that cover every team. Uh, but usually it doesn't have the, the look of like a glossy magazine of a four, four, two or something else. So you guys really pull that off. And uh, I, I think it's, I think it's uh, definitely check it out. Definitely subscribe. There's no cost to it right now. Right. It's just, yeah, your it's email free. is the cost. Yeah. That's no, honestly, thank you very much. Cause uh, I think I think everyone who's on the photography side and the design aspect of of the online magazine is definitely going to appreciate, you know, hearing hearing you say that. I've heard it from other people too. So it's it certainly that's that's what that's what people think. Um, so let's talk about the the article that that caught my eye and, and sort of I thought would be really interesting to our listeners. You had an opportunity to sit down with Judah Cooks uh, recently and do mm-hmm. and do a profile on him. Uh, for those people who don't know Judah, give us give us like the the quick bio on on on, on who Judah is and um, you know what he was for DC United. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean Judah was, and you know he kind of talked a little bit about how he he first started playing soccer when he moved to Atlanta with his family, but then he moved back here in third grade, and that at that age is when he kind of started uh, playing a little more, and you know he was very successful in high school. And from there, he uh, he went to high school that I went to, and he was our top goal scorer, actually. So you know, there's a little bit of, of connection back back there. But uh, you know, he also attended the University of Maryland. He was very successful over there as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got he was all American here in high school, and then also for the university. And you know, then he was part of the Project 40. Uh, he talked a little bit about that in the piece. You know, Ben Olsen was part of that as well. Demarcus Beasley, uh, Landon Donovan too, and and for those people who don't know what Project Forty is, which is we have a lot of new fans. Uh, that's a that's a that's an old head uh, U.S. soccer thing. That this was this was sort of the pre MLS way to identify young players and get them uh, ready to play in the league, give them a contract, give them an opportunity to train. Um, and a lot of the player players you just talked about, that was a springboard for a lot of those players, and it and it continued past the beginning of the league, but it was about identifying young talent, giving them the money that make them go pro, not go overseas, stay and help build the league. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I just want to, we have a lot, we have a lot of new listeners that, that came around the Wayne Rooney time and project 40, maybe uh-huh. a little bit beyond there. <laughs> oh yeah. That was, that was also new for, for me uh, when I was talking to Judah, but you know, from there he, uh, you know, he, he was able to, to go play for DC United. Uh, the first year that he was on contract with the team, he actually went to play for Sheffield United in England. But then when he came back, that was uh, the 1999 season, I believe. And, uh, you know, he talks about how uh, the team the team uh, was pretty mad that they had lost the MLS Cup the previous year. So that was kind of the, the – they had that chip over their shoulder in 1999 where they wanted to get back to MLS Cup and win it again. Um, and, you know, fortunately, they were able to do that. So Judah was part of that team. And – you know, he was he was with the team for a couple more years. And then after that, he spent some time in the USL A-League. And then from there, he actually went back to school to to uh, continue studying. And, you know, two months into going back to school, uh, DC United called him and they asked him if they could do, uh, if he could help with some community relations 
uh, with the club in Anacostia. And you know, he was he was part of the team that helped put the DC the DC United Academy together. And he also helped with the community aspect in, in Anacostia, which eventually led to to the development of the stadium in that area. What, now, this is something that I think I know, and I'm not sure if I was being uh, if I was being tricked as a young DC United fan. Uh, was he also at any point Talon? Did he get into that? Did, was he ever the guy in the Talon suit? Or I is that just... I, I should have asked him, but I'll, I'll probably... I need to ask him that, actually. I had no idea. I don't know if you should ask him that. I could have been... Uh, it's very possible I was being made fun of as a young DC United <laughs> fan, and they were tricking me. Uh, but anyway, I, I think that that's, that's really where I, I know him from less, less so than his playing career. He, like you said, he played a couple years in DC. Mm-hmm. He bounced around a little bit after that. Um, he, he was really, uh, sort of the front, the front point and a lot of the community work you, you got into the article. Um, but as the team was realizing that RFK was not the long-term solution, they tried a lot of things. Uh, you talked about the, the, the soccer leagues in Anacostia that are still going today. And he said, he said, thousands of kids have run through that program that potentially, you know, wouldn't have ever been part of those programs yeah. were it not for him and DC United. Uh, but the but the team was searching frantically for a place to put the stadium. They thought they were going to be able to be in directly in Anacostia. I'm trying to remember the name. It wasn't Buzzard Point. Yeah, it was it Poplar was Point. The, I think Poplar Point. Yeah. I think is what it was called. I think it was across the river, and you know, then eventually they had to kind of change directions with that. But it was kind of the same region, I guess. Yeah, and again, if for, for any sort of the the new fans that only know the good times at Audi Field, it was. Uh, there were quite a few years in RFK where there were promises from mayors who are long gone, who have said, yep, for sure, we're going to build, we're going to build you a stadium in Acostia. And then that didn't work. And then the team was going to go build in Maryland. And then that didn't work. And then the team was going to go build in Northern Virginia. They eventually built Segra there where they're talking about building a stadium, but either way it was stop and start. And I think the team grasped early on that they needed to get buy-in from the, from the, the people who lived in the areas where the stadium was going to go and DC's pretty well built out. So there weren't a lot of options for where the stadium was going to go. And Anacostia was one of them. Uh, and, and he was, and he was a big part of that. What did he get into in your conversations? It didn't, it didn't make it in the article, but did he get into sort of his departure from DC? And uh, I think that, you know, again, longtime fans have grievances about sort of um, maybe they, maybe some people feel the, the change in the community vibe of the club the tradition element where you know a lot of longtime employees were putting fans very the fans had a real big say in everything that happened with the team yeah um and then that sort of changed over time happens and organizations uh but judah does not work for dc anymore he is he is doing his own thing did he get into sort of what led to his uh transition out of the club was it his own of his own volition or uh, I believe it was, it was, uh, he didn't go into much detail, but I believe that it was, you know, his own, he wanted to pursue other things. He went on to Miami and uh, he mentioned he wanted to get uh, his coaching license. And uh, in order to do that, he had to go train uh, girls teams. So that was something that he did before he got into coaching with DC United. And then after that, I think he really enjoyed the experience that he had coaching girls teams. So he went to do that in Miami and then I believe he came back about a year or two ago um I think he's he's coaching for Capital FC now but uh that's why he came back and that's why he's in the area now but 
he was he was over in Miami coaching a different girls team. I think he was pretty successful over there as well, uh, setting up all these different programs and getting a lot of young girls into playing college soccer, which uh, I think it shows that uh, the system that he's, that he's put into place has worked here in D.C., but then also in, in other places as well. Yeah, I think that I, I did want to make sure that I spotlighted the, his, his academy work. In the article, you mentioned sort of the uh, six or seven players from his U18 team went mm-hmm. to the first team. Bill Hamid, Andy Nahar, Ethan White, Connor Shinovsky, Michael Seaton, Colin Martin. Um, that's a it's a big list of yeah. the you know of those. Bill Collins playing in USL. Michael Seaton is somewhere. Uh, Connor is Connor Shinovsky just re- retired. Ethan White. Ethan White's doing a very. I don't know if you've seen what he does. He's a uh, He's cultural ambassador team. for for an Italian mm-hmm. team, which is very yeah. cool. And then Andy might be back in DC uh, this week, so it's uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited about that. I think that'll be great. Yeah. But yeah, he's had he he's he was woven for a for a player that only played briefly with the club. His his after playing career was much more, obviously more longer tenured, but had a real impact on what DC United became. The fact that they were able to build a stadium, the fact that there are kids who would have never been exposed to soccer potentially that were exposed because of the work that he did. Uh, and, and the work that DC United did. So I'm sure that he, he feels like still, despite having moved on, a very big connection to the city and, and DC United as far as, you know, like what he's accomplished, what he can look back on and be proud of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he mentioned he lives, you know, a couple blocks down from Audi Field. So sometimes he, uh, he goes and catches games, at least when that was a possibility. But, you know, definitely he's had a, a lot of impact, you know, setting up all these, all these, uh, academies and systems here in, in the DMV, but then also from a personal standpoint, uh, you know, when I was in high school, I, I attended one of his camps and on the last day of the camp, he brought in Ben Olsen to say hi to all of us. And then I think that's something that stuck with me and probably with a lot of other young players at the time. Uh, we were around 16. So, you know, getting to see Ben Olsen come to our practice meant a lot to all of us. And for me back then, I wasn't, I wasn't really into, into MLS, into DC United, but then, you know, seeing Ben Olsen show up and being like, Hey, you know, who is, who is this person that is, is coming to see us? That, that got me interested in the club. And then I think that's something that's, that's important that Judah has done with a lot of players is getting them, getting them introduced to the club in the right way. And, you know, I'm glad that that was the way that, I was really introduced to the club was, you know, through that experience with him and and Olsen, of course. That's how you get kids in the stadium, uh, particularly when maybe if their parents aren't interested, if the kid's interested enough, they'll badger the parents enough to get tickets and go see DC United. So that's (laughs) the team should be, the team should be after that as well. That's a, that's a primary market for them. It's growth. No, yeah, definitely. Well, Pablo, I thank you for joining. I think that this is an article. Make sure everyone checks us out on club11mag.com. Make sure you're following them on Instagram. Uh, they, they've got it. Like, they, like you just said, Pablo said there's a story, hopefully every week, a new profile. There was a, one on Donovan Pines a couple a couple uh, weeks ago that may also interest DC United fans. Another yeah, another awesome. UMD connection for you guys, huh? Yeah, no, that was, the, that was the first one that we did. And, you know, for him, he's also a big player for the university, won a national championship, and his dad, is actually the the president of the university so it was really interesting to hear uh how for him it was it was kind of tough growing up in his in his father's shadow especially from an academic standpoint and then kind of forging his own path playing soccer and then hearing that his dad was proud of him 
for taking that path. You know, that was something that, that really stuck with Donovan and something that stuck with me from that piece. So uh, I think, you know, these United fans hopefully would will enjoy that piece as well. But, you know, you can definitely check us out, uh, like John said, on www.club11mag.com. And we also have a different profile from around North America every week, every Tuesday on our newsletter. And, you know, like you mentioned, it's an online magazine. And for me, personally, I'm trying to reflect uh, the, old, the old magazines that I would see as a child. Um, you know, every Sunday I get a new one and get a different profile from, from a player back in Peru where I grew up. And that's something that I'm trying to, to recreate with this project. And, and yeah. That's, that's yeah, long form, long form profile journalism is in short supply, particularly around MLS and DCNet in particular. So keep yeah. it up. Uh, everybody check it out. Uh, Pablo, again, thanks for joining us. And we will be back after this break. Hey, folks, before we get back into the show, just wanted to give a quick plug for our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash RFK refugees. If you are enjoying the show and want to help us out, you can go to the website and donate. Not only do you get the satisfaction of helping out grow the show and make it better, uh, you also get access to your own private feed for the podcast, even your own private RSS feed that you can then hook up to your podcasting app. That means you'll get first access to the interviews like this one we're doing right now and other shows as well. So please, please go to the website, patreon.com slash Refugees and donate today. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, IFQ Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here. I have rejoined the show, and we are rejoined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Felipe Martins. Felipe, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to to have a couple of minutes with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. We, we... First, first member of the two-timers club. So that's a, that's a, we're going to get you a, a gold jacket or something. We need something. Yeah, for sure. So what's, uh, you know, I think we'll, we should probably start with the unfortunate. I think that that's probably a lot, what a lot of people are, are, are wondering about. September 1st, tore your knee up at a, at, at, at a practice. This was the first sort of major injury of your, of your career, right? You've had, I think yeah. I saw you had a sports hernia, but that's, you know, DC United players have that like every week. That's a, that's a very common thing. Did you know yeah. it was bad as soon as it happened? Did you could you tell even though you've not had an injury like that? Yes, it's funny because uh, yesterday we are the physios were looking at the injury reports and all that stuff, and I said, "Let me see mine." And I went through, and this is my tenth season in MLS, and I've missed one game before the, my surgery and eight projects in ten years. Wow! So yes, it was unfortunate, but uh, I think that uh, made me. A better person and a better player and you know it's tomorrow be completing six months and you know my knee sorry knee sorry you know anniversary of my knee <laughs> <laughs> so but the, the the projection is nine months right is that the hope obviously those things vary based on your rehab and everything else but does it feel like that's still on track uh uh Things with me, it's like they now they need to hold me back a little bit, you know, to <laughs> to be sure. But uh, I think uh, you know the the staff is doing an amazing job. Gabby, the Brazilian physio that is been working with me most of the time, he's he's amazing. He's unbelievable, and I'm following his guidelines, and everything is going well. And you hope continues that way, and I can be back on the field. 
Well, we, we're certainly we certainly can't wait to have you back on the field, and I think we are certainly glad that you um, that you're that you're going to be back for uh, for twenty twenty one. Talk a little bit. Obviously, your your contract ended last season. Um, talk a little bit about kind of how that all came together. Was it was it really a, a choice? Did you say? Did you you know? I I, I want to be back. I mean, I'm gonna we'll figure out a way to work it out. Or or was there any uncertainty? I guess heading into to what this season would look like for you. I think uh, obviously you know. It's um, in they all always told me that uh, they would want me back, but obviously you want to wait for also the coach, you know what he wants and the way he he likes you or not. And you know I I'm fortunate enough that you know since the beginning this United always wanted me back, and you know I I would have a possibility to go to other teams, but my first choice was always here. I always felt. As I always said, I feel like home here. My family is happy. And, you know, I I haven't finished business in here. I didn't want to to, to live uh, like this. And, you know, I, I feel this club really represents everything I'm about. And that's I'm glad to, to be here, to be back. And I hopefully soon I can be on the field to, to help my teammates and to prove myself once again that, uh, you know, I... I can be a big part of this club. I think I think you talking about how this club represents what you represent, I think is why a lot of the fans have been easily won over to you. I think there there's you've got a you've got a contract for this year and, a, and, a, and an option year for next year. Yeah. Um is the hope I, I assume you are a young spry 30-year-old man. You yeah. are you are many years younger than I am. I assume you I, I assume you're looking for another you're, you're this we got we got years and years ahead right you're hoping for a great yeah. a great year a good club season then more years right yes i obviously you know i think uh you gotta understand you know it's always doubts when uh, players get injured you know obviously you know the club you know needs to to protect themselves as well and i feel like you know i I, I've been there that before this way that I always got to prove myself every single day. And this time is not different. You know, I have just a bigger motivation because of this this injury to, to come back and, and show that it's possible for you to come back even stronger, to even be better. And, you know, in all years of my profession, I never had this much time off. So I, I think, you know, that made me appreciate even more the work ethic that you got to be, uh, you got to, you know the job you gotta do every single day to to be the best you can, and this was a proof of that. And you know, it was a a great time to learn certain things that uh, I always thought was important, but right now it's even more important. What what's the rehab process been like for you? I feel like you know, in a normal situation, you'd you'd, you'd rehab and you're like, well, I'll go out to dinner, and also I'll go on vacation with my wife and my kids, and and maybe you're able to do that a little bit, but this environment is a little bit different as far as your restrictions. So what's uh, considering this is your first major time on the sidelines and it coincides with this pandemic. Uh, what's, what's the process been like for you and, and what are you, what are you most excited to, to be able to do again when this is all over? I think, you know, it's during the season, I'm always being this same way in the off season. Always, you know, I, I travel more. Uh, I went to see, uh, in the past years to to go to Brazil to see my family and then we go to Italy to see my wife's family but this year we, we stayed here we we went a little bit to to two weeks to to Florida to see friends 
and because we was a house that was away from everyone and it was good to be i i actually drove to orlando i packed my my car with all the weights and everything and i drove 16 hours into orlando <laughs> to bring in all my weights to to keep doing my program so it was a different off season but i loved it i enjoyed every single moment because i think Working hard I always worked, but this time it's just you need to give that extra extra work and follow the program. But as I said to you, it's uh, I've been enjoying this process so much. And I actually, you know, I don't wish this for anybody, but when you go through this process, you you change, man. You change to the best and you change, you become strong. And I I've been like that, that I feel in, invincible always, but now I feel even more, you know, that I kind of, awesome. I kind of reborn, reborn in a, a better version of myself. I think the old adage, you learn, you learn more when you have to challenge yourself, I think, I think is a, is, is, is an adage I've always, I've always believed in. Um, series of, uh, it, it's a, it's a year of transition for DC United. Um, obviously the, the new coach that's coming in, Hernan Lasada. Obviously, I'm not gonna want you to get in trouble with him or anything, but uh, give us give us some thoughts on on what you're. You know, I'm sure you've had a chance to meet with him. Um, I I don't know what your status is as far as how much you're on the training field uh, with with your injury, but uh, what what have been your sort of first impressions of him as as the new coach? Uh, we had talked before, you know. Obviously, he had meetings, individual meeting with all the players, and we had felt that energy already when we first spoke when he was still in Belgium and his ideas, the way he wanted to, to change things. And we felt that, you know, from day one this week, I think, you know, his, uh, the rules, the word ethic that he wants, the the way he wants us to be on and off the field, it's it's different, you know. It's something that he's going to challenge us. He's going to, you know, every day wants us to give everything. You know, I don't think now... You, you you have a choice other than give everything every day you know that's uh you gotta prove yourself it's a new coach with a new system with new mentality with new rules with uh many different things that you we used to do in the past and he came in he's bringing all his experience all his ideas and as i i always joke uh, with the guys you know this is a boat and the boat is it's leaving the port for a, a great adventure in. and or are you either you are in the boat or get yep. out and go to the, to the beach because this boat is is trying to 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 go somewhere somewhere nice you know to 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 go to a, a very nice adventure and everyone is super excited i think he brought uh, a lot of energy a lot of confidence and young players are lucky to have him because he he can 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 teach and can help players to to become the better version they can they can be and i think uh, this year going to be a special year obviously is a year of transition you know that uh, may may take time may take may i hopefully from the first game you can see everything he wants to build in this club but obviously you know with so many things that change sometimes takes time you just got to believe that we we're going to be a team that uh, it's it's reaching for for the top. Yeah, I, I think I think I have a resident Ben Olsen defender, and I uh, <laughs> to, to to the end of the to the end of the line, and I think that 
even that all said, I think that everyone is energized by uh, some uh, new blood change, right? I think even if things are going well, after a long time, everyone is ready to see, to be challenged in a new way, to hear a new voice, all those things. So I think regardless of whatever else happens, I'm sure that's exciting for the for the guys in the locker room. I think, I think you know, this has nothing, um, let's say, you know, it's nothing to what Ben did or mm-hmm. what Ben because everyone loves Ben, and I'm the first one that always gonna gonna be there to to thank him because he brought me here. He he made it happen, and he made me feel super important since day one. And I had nothing to do to to say to him that you know I only gotta thankful to him. I gotta be you know honest that you know the guy who gave me the first hug when I got injured and I was crazy was Ben. Yeah. So I just think you know I'm we are glad that. We are thankful for everything he did, and now is a new beginning. And the coach that's coming in is coming with a lot of exciting things and new mentality. And we are excited to to start this new season. Yeah, for sure. Just change in energy. Nothing about Ben. I think yeah. just just that just a just a new jolt is good. I think it yeah. it, it appears, and this is this is probably a little bit early in your uh, uh, experience with uh, the mm-hmm. new coach to have a, a real deep answer on this. But it seems like in all of his interviews with us and with other podcasts, like it was very. Uh, the intention is to become very vertical, very attacking, very exciting, win 5-4, <laughs> which, you know, as from a fan or a neutral perspective, great. Maybe from a defender or a defensive midfield position, like, well, we could also maybe concede less goals too. That'd be fine. Um, but it, it sounds potentially like the era of two defensive midfielders in front of a back four, you know, maybe over. Obviously, there's he, he has made it, he's made it clear that, you know, his style is dictated by the players he has, by the conditions in the game. He's, you know, logical like that. Um, but what are your, what are your expectations for the year? Particularly as we understanding its transition, but like this is a a sea change in mentality. So all these, all the players have to get on board and understand, like you were talking about the new rules and new expectations. But it's a, it's, it's, it's a huge, I would assume mental mental shift. So how do you feel like that's going to go? From the player's perspective, I think first of all, you know, like it's obviously he needs to adapt to the players he has, but it's the players who needs to to understand that change need to be made to become better. You know, you need to to show every day that you you can adapt to other coaches, you can adapt to other systems of players. That means you are, uh, you know, you are a professional, you are a smart player. And you need to adapt to to other circumstances. You know, I think, you know, everyone came in and knowing that uh, would be would be different. But he's willing to learn and willing to do what he asked us to do. And you know, the way he is, I believe that he presents the the way he wants to play. And players need to also be smart enough to to do what he asks because you know, otherwise you're gonna be challenged. Uh, by other players and you may not be starting so i think that's the his philosophy you know he you need to show every single train that you deserve to be on the field and that's holding everyone accountable and understand that you don't have your place secure that means you know you gotta challenge your teammates you gotta challenge challenge yourself to always be better and that's a winning mentality and that's what he's trying to to build in this team and that's you know uh, one of the points that I believe we can do better. You know, it's uh, when you know that you can be better and need to, to be your best version every single day. Otherwise, you're on the bench. You know, you you go in survival mode, and that's when you can perform at your best. As someone that was close to the action until the end of the season, 
Um, and there are, I would say, a list of, ex- of not necessarily excuses, but reasons for why everything went. It's as long. It could go down to the floor like a scroll. Uh, but being close to it, and and you mentioned sort of the competition for places and maybe not complacency, but maybe just like maybe not having, maybe not feeling that fire under everyone all the time, every practice, every game. Where do you think it went wrong last season to sort of end up where we were? Even, specifically before you guys had that late run at the end of the year where mm-hmm. wins were dropping all over the place. But before you got there, what do you, what do you, as a player in this league for a long time and other leagues before it, what do you attribute that to, you think? You know, it was many different things. It was a pandemic, you know, and you have you have a program to follow. You have to to be, you know, like training. And, you know, at certain times, um, not everyone was fit enough, uh, I believe, you know, that uh, and that comes to players as well. You know, everyone needs to take responsibility to 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 be the best professional you can be on the field, you know, and as we, we had a lot of injuries and you know sometimes come to the players and you cannot always put fi- uh, point fingers and say that it's uh it's the coach is this or that you know it's up to you also to to go out and train every single day and be professional for you uh, to have the best body and your best you know capability to to go on the field and play and i i don't think it i think is a many a little things that in the end can cost as a season and you know and for many teams was was with the pandemic with everything can sound like excuse but it was a very tough year mentally for for everyone and everyone handled it differently you know so we are 30 players in a locker room with 30 different mentalities and right. sometimes some feel more some feel less and i don't think there was any like one in specifically that was a group of little things that uh, that happened that uh, didn't made us but as you 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 saw in the in, end of the the season mm-hmm. we came in with a lot of energy and that that changed you know so i just i'm glad that there's a lot of accountability uh, this year and everyone gonna be held accountable every single day and that's gonna you know, change the mentality. I already changed the mentality in the locker room that everyone don't have a, a place secure. You need to to work for that. We we all know twenty twenty was a was a weird year. It had a you know two game start, then the pandemic. Then I'm pretty sure our your first interview on the show was from the uh, was from the bubble in Orlando. Um, I guess give us a sense. What what's sort of the one thing that maybe you was missed out on on twenty twenty season. Uh, that that you're sort of looking forward to, uh, hopefully returning in 2021. Oh, I believe you know. First of all, the fans. I hopefully we can come back to to the fans because this United fans is different. I know when you are on the field and you have those those fans in in there that uh, for many years is represented these colors. It makes a huge difference, you know, and also. I don't know. There's many things I would like to to change from 2020, especially not being injured. But right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? having uh, having but... two having two connected uh, ACL ligaments. That's uh, number one. Having both yeah, of those at one time. Great, be great. No, but I, I just hopefully everyone play with freedom and enjoy being in the field. And as he said, you know, he wants to attack 
and score goals. And I think that missed last year. You know, that mentality of uh, not only uh, try to 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 defend well, but also try to make other teams respect you on the field. You know, the way you play, the way you your mentality is, the way you tackle people, the the way you 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 give everything on the field and that's what this seed needs to come back to be about because that has been you know the the what when you play against this seed that would be the first thing is a tough team to play in a team that uh, you know have dif- uh, danger players and you had uh, the rosario before you had uh, rolf before you had many players that made huge difference acosta or rune and the way the new coach got to play, it's going to be a very attacking mind, and but at the same time organized. But obviously, we're going to have much more ideas going forward. We we sort of talked about this. This is this is to me sort of like the the quintessential Felipe question. We, we talked about this the last time you were on. Uh, do you feel like your reputation as a hard man is fair? And if not, do you feel like it diminishes other aspects of your game that you think are just as important that don't get attention? I feel like there's there's a dialogue. There are very few players in MLS, I think, that have as much of a dialogue that runs alongside the player. Um, and you know, I think that it's 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 a narrative that just sort of that just that it's just there all the time. And I feel like it's tough. It's tough for if if I'm if I'm a player and I say, well, I do this and I do this well and I do this. And that's all it gets focused on. So, from your perspective, what's that like? And what what do you what do you think that people are missing? I first of all, I know that I'm hated, and I don't blame anyone for that. And I agree with everyone they said. But I wouldn't change anything about me because that's what made me this far. That's what made me, you know. And obviously, I can do many good things. But one thing they always gonna talk about me it's the way I am on the field. And I'm not a good guy and this and that on the field and I'm hated. And I think by MLS in general, by the journalists in MLS, that's the only thing they see. Mm-hmm. You know, most of them are emotional when they talk about me in the sense that, you know, they just look for my worst side of it. They don't know me, who I am on the locker room with my teammates, the way I am every single day, what I give and what I represent for my teammates and how, what I, how I feel about them. You know, and for many years, it's been like that. And I'm sure that many going to say and going to be happy what happened with me last year with my injury, going to say gonna, it's fair. And, you know, like because of how I've been all those years. But, you know, I don't care. I don't care. I literally don't care. Um, and I continue to be the way I am. And I won't be afraid one bit all other you know, in the other words, I could be even more intense and more in a way that I'm going to give my everything every day. I think that's I think that's a great answer, too. And also, obviously, I know for this fan base, you're you're seen that way until you get here. And I feel like you also won't have wouldn't have the career you've had unless that unless you had the support of your teammates. Right. So a bad yeah. guy doesn't have his teammates like him. So clearly it's just the way that you are on the field. I think, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like that's how, how you are in the field is how you got there. And everybody that watches you, that, that you're doing it for them, for their team appreciates that skill set and that intensity. And as long as when I'm on the field, I 
and I my teammates know that doesn't matter what happened, I will be there for them. And doesn't matter any time on the field, they can count on me and I'm going to be there for them. I'm happy. When I go home, you know, and they can be at their home and needing me at 3 a.m., I'm going to be there for them, you know. When they're sad, nobody's seen, but I'm there for them, you know. When I do barbecue in my house and I call everyone here, and I'm there for them, you know. Nobody needs to see those things. What they need to see is the team winning, and that's the most important. And but other than that, whatever people say, whatever people talk and or not talk about me, you know, I've been one of the most consistent players um, throughout the the ten years that I've been in the league. But nobody gives credit, and I don't care because what I care is to make my teammates better and be there for them, and that's my only goal. I feel like you are the best bet for the guy to run across the field. You know how like the, the classic soccer player chest to chest standoff, like after a bad <laughs> tackle, you are, you are even money for the, to be the first guy arriving on the scene. So I'm sure that that's appreciated. I think that's, that's the way you should be. And everyone should be, you know, if you go to a fight, you can call me. If you go to war, you can call me. I love but it. if you go to the bar, you can call me. As well. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm going to be there for you no matter what. That's, uh, I think, uh, teamwork it's about. And that's, I'm all about that. We've got some questions from listeners, and I want to make sure we, we get these in to you before uh, we close. Um, Echeverry Magic says, oh, we know we know this a little bit. How have you enjoyed your time with your formal rival so far? And what, what's been the favorite United game that you've played in so far? I think it was the first one. The first one against Galax. Because uh, in we were in a little bit of a winless streak. And uh, I came in, you know, we were able to 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 win that game against Galaxy. And we after that, we, we made the, the playoff, winning another couple of games. And I love my teammates. I love being here. I love, you know, everyone in the locker room. And we have a very good team. You, we, We're going to demonstrate that this year. I think if I was a soccer player, beating Zlatan would, would probably be pretty high up on that list uh, of favorite games for sure as well. So that probably played a little bit into it. You don't have to lie. It's okay. <laughs> no, no. I think you know, obviously winning against Zlatan, it, it's good. But it was my first game. And, you know, in front of uh, full stadium because of Zlatan, obviously they were not there for me for my first game. But they were there for Zlatan. And winning against them was was very very good uh question from Ariola fan uh what's your favorite place to dine at in dc uh fogo do chão you know the brazilian sure (laughs) cannot go there with the pandemic we we stay at home my my wife is a very good cook so right now my the best place i can dine in dc is my house (laughs) good good answer very political very smart answer I hope my wife is listening. Smart married man right there, folks. Uh, question from at Nielsen Madridista says, out of all the years of playing football, who's the best player you've played with? Uh, for me, it was Alessandro Nesta. You know, I think he's the way he's dealing with, uh, he's dealt with uh, so much pressure and so many injuries and come back and, and go again and win trophies and how humble he is, how he, He's a, he goes about, um, 
it's unbelievable. It's a classic, classic soccer uh, interview question. So glad, glad to, glad to go out on the uh, question. I'm sure you've never been asked before. But thanks again, Felipe. You're the, you've got the uh, the two time winners jacket. It's in the mail. We appreciate it. Uh, and and we're look. Huh? Always in the mail if you don't have my address. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. I have to talk to Sam. We'll we'll figure something out. You you, you now get. I believe I, we may be already even saying it, but I think two times you get classified as a friend of the show. So that that's how that's how that rolls. So that's you get true. that title. You get that title every time we talk about you. We say friend of the show. So we've done it for Ryan Martin, and now we get to do it for you. So that's right. And and the Green Jack. <laughs> The, the third interview as soon as I'm on the field playing we can be talk about that and many other things hopefully I can give you better inside information how Losada is <laughs> <laughs> next time <laughs> thank you so much guys for, for having me I really appreciate it hopefully everyone enjoyed the listening and let's be positive because something special coming for us this year and for everyone in this club I'm going to interpret that as MLS Cup guaranteed. Thank you. Thank you, Felipe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> exactly. Shoot high. All right. Thank you so, so much to Felipe Martins for joining us on the show. Uh, always an excellent interview, and uh, we will look forward to watching him this year. Uh, so thank you all so, so much for listening. RFPRefugees.com, patreon.com slash RFPRefugees if you want to donate to the show. We're also on Twitter at twitter.com slash RFPRefugees. Uh, Instagram, John, you do the Instagram. What's the Instagram? I, I, bet, the Instagram. I bet you might be surprised to know that it's at RFK Refugees. Oh, that's so simple. It's so it nice. is. And Facebook, Facebook.com, search the RFK Refugees podcast. Thank you so much to Felipe. Thank you so much to Pablo for joining the show this uh, this week. And we will catch you guys on Monday. Bye, Mom.